Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. And if you are a dopey white liberal, I hope that you are still celebrating AAPI Heritage Month. White boy Malcolm X, have we had any sightings of Nancy Pelosi as a geisha or a Harajuku girl? We have not. Okay. What about her eunuchs, her twin eunuchs, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn? Have we seen them in samurai costumes as of yet? And folks, wipe by Malcolm X, hold on a second. Folks, don't worry about cultural appropriation here, right? This is about showing how woke they are, right? When it was Black History Month, what did Nancy and Steny and James do? They put on the Kenty cloth, right? And they went out and they wore that to show how down for the struggle they actually are. But folks, to the best of our knowledge, they are basically ignoring AAPI Heritage Month over there. The ruling class is up on Capitol Hill. I mean, let's face it, I am actually starting to think that creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer and the Democrats actually hate those folks in the AAPI, those Asian American and Pacific Islanders, right? Because creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, he didn't give them a cabinet level pick. I mean, we reported on this podcast how butthurt those folks in the Asian American and Pacific Islanders community were. Now he'll put that pocket queen, Pete Buttigieg, he'll give him the Department of Transportation, but no, he will not give anyone in the AAPI community a cabinet-level pick. Those folks up at Capitol Hill, they are not showing how down for the struggle they are with those AAPI folks. I want to see Nancy Pelosi as a Harajuku girl. And a few folks are out there going, Miller, Miller, what the heck is a Harajuku girl? Well, folks, And no, it's not about Gwen Stefani, (laughs) although she did somewhat culturally appropriate Harajuku girls. But no, actually, I used to live in Tokyo with my ex. Yes, Wepo Makamex, the crystal meth addict, but he was not a crystal meth addict at the time. But we had an apartment. Well, actually, we had three apartments in Tokyo. No, I was not Patrice Conkoolers. I did not have three apartments at the same time, but we had three different apartments at three different times. We're not snooty like Patrice Kahn Coolers. But we had two of our three apartments were right by Harajuku train station, right? And that was in the Shibuya neighborhood in Tokyo. But right by the Harajuku station was Yoyogi Park and the Meiji Shrine Park. And right there, the Harajuku girls, it's kind of this like cosplay type thing where these girls and guys would get up in these little costumes. And the girls like to get dressed up as like little schoolgirls. It's some weird thing. I don't know. It's kind of like Jeffrey Epstein type thing, but these girls get dressed up as like little, I don't know, 12, 13-year-old girls or something like that. It's not my scene, obviously, but yeah, that's a Harajuku girl, right? These little girls that get dressed up in these little play things and go hang out at the Yoyogi Park or the Meiji Shrine Park. 
But I want to see Nancy Pelosi as a Harajuku girl to show how down for the AAPI struggle she is. But apparently she's not. And neither is creepy Uncle Joe, to my knowledge. I mean, if he's not going to give those folks over at the AAPI, if he's not going to give them a cabinet-level pick, if he is not going to let them be an elevated member of the ruling class, at least he could show them a different kind of love. I'm thinking... Maybe Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer, maybe he favors sniffing the hair of AAPI women or, or folks to show you how woke I am. And as I like to remind you folks, I am the most woke person I know. Or Creepy Uncle Joe could sniff the hair of those AAPI members who identify as women. So it could be a woman with a penis. It could be a woman with a vagina. We don't know. We don't judge the hardware, original or otherwise. So... Creepy Uncle Joe, if you want to show how down for the AAPI struggle you are, since you're not giving them a cabinet-level pick, I would start sniffing more hair. And I know, sir, Mr. President, I know that that is not going to be a difficult task for you to accomplish, even if it freaks the rest of us out. (laughs) Creepy Uncle Joe going, oh, your hair smells very nice. They'll be like, ah, get away, get away, get away. Creepy Uncle Joe, get away. A quick reminder, folks, that we are not going to be here next week, or at least not this coming Sunday. I have got to go down to South Carolina. Mama Frost has summoned me home, so I am heading down there tomorrow. I hope to be back a week from today, next Wednesday. But like I said on Sunday's podcast, I am getting my second COVID shot on Tuesday of next week. So I think I might be down for the count on Wednesday. But folks... But what we have lined up for you, at least on Sunday, for this coming Sunday's podcast, we have a best of smoking gun show. So I think we've got 12 or 13 different smoking gun stories on Sunday's podcast for you. So we're getting that wrapped up here soon so I can get that uploaded for Sunday's show since I am not getting back to Boston until mid-afternoon at best. I do hope to be here next Wednesday, though. I don't know what I'm going to do, White Boy Malcolm X, if I have an entire week without being able to come onto this podcast to uh, rant and rave. But, oh, well, we'll see how it goes next week. We're going to play that a little bit by ear. But enough about next week, because that, folks, that is next week. We still have today's podcast to get through, and what a podcast we have for you. And what do we have coming up today? We have Nancy Pelosi. And no... Not as a Harajuku girl, but we have her anyway. We will take her anyway. We have Pocahontas, our dear senator up here in Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren. We have Bill Gates. He is here, that big computer nerd. He is on the program today. Of course, folks, we also have the woke folk. We can't get rid of them even if we tried. They're like herpes, right? Just when you thought you got rid of them, boom, they're back. And we have so many woke folk today. We are doing an entire woke folk block. So I think we've got three stories, maybe four, but we've definitely got a couple for you. And we are just going to batch those up just to get in and out and done with the woke folk. And on this podcast, our last podcast for theoretically a week and a half, we have not one but two smoking gun stories for you on this special podcast. But no, folks, we are not doing those back to back. We will spread those out just a bit. And I have to say, folks, that we have been having a bit of fun with those smoking gun stories as of late. We've been reading off the news stories, but then we have been doing a bit of a reenactment of what we read in the story. And they have been (laughs) 
Yeah, we have been having a lot of fun with those. I love those drunk folks. You want a lap dance? (laughs) So I hope you folks are enjoying those as well. I tell you what, those have been, I think, the funnest part of the podcast as of late. The, uh, The woke folk, I mean, they're fun to laugh at, don't get me wrong, but the smoking gun stories. Well, if you're new to the podcast, you will see not once but twice today just how much fun we're having with those. So now we've got the canvas out, we've got the paint ready to go, and so now, folks, it is time to jump into today's podcast, and we will start, as always, with our news quick hits. The first one out of the box is from The College Fix. Florida teen faces 16 years in prison for rigging homecoming election. Of course, it's in Florida, but here are a couple pull quotes with this. A high school student who allegedly worked with her mom an assistant principal to rig a homecoming election could spend 16 years in prison for her actions. Her mom was an assistant principal in the county at an elementary school. Emily Rose Grover was 17 when she and her mother were arrested for hacking student accounts and casting nearly 250 bogus votes so she could snag the homecoming crown, the New York Post reported. Grover turned 18 in April, which allows her to be charged as an adult. Charges against the mom and daughter included unlawful use of a two-way communications device and criminal use of personally identifiable information, the Post reported. Laura Rose Carroll is free on a $6,000 bond, and Grover is free on a $2,000 bond. Each faces a maximum of 16 years on the charges. 16 years, white boy Malcolm X, in Florida. (laughs) Man, when did they get so tough down there? I mean, folks, in Florida... Pretty much anything and everything you do is generally just a uh, a slap on the wrist, a misdemeanor. But these two chicks, White Boy Malcolm X, 16 years. Damn! That, folks, who knew they could be so tough in Florida, even over an election? <laughs> I mean, let's face it, folks, who isn't rigging elections these days? I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I know how butthurt everyone gets if you make a joke about a rigged election. So. <laughs> I am just playing around with that. But these two, 16 years in prison because this chick had to have that trophy. (laughs) Another one with the everyone gets a trophy generation. From Bloomberg and speaking of Tokyo, calls to cancel Tokyo Olympics grow louder as emergency extended. Hmm, let's find out more about that. A petition calling to cancel the Tokyo Olympics gathered support in Japan on Friday as the government prepared to extend the state of emergency in the city and beyond to control the spread of the virus. In other words, folks, COVID Karen is in Japan as well. And no, I will not do an impression of a Japanese COVID Karen. I do not. (laughs) I am not going to get myself in that kind of trouble. A change.org petition titled Cancel the Tokyo Olympics to Protect Our Lives has gained more than 200,000 supporters by late afternoon. 200,000 losers if you are on change.org voting for that, but the spread of the virus has not been stopped at all in Tokyo, the rest of the country, or the world, the petition reads. Vaccination is so far limited to certain regions like the U.S. and Europe, so it is not a definitive way of stopping infections. Are we going to hold the Tokyo Olympics even if it puts lives and jobs in danger? Yes, that is definitely COVID, Karen. (laughs) 
And you know, folks, I did have an article and I didn't bring it onto the podcast. It's been a few months, I think, but there's a really interesting article about people being terrified about going back to the way life used to be. I guess they have gotten so used to all the lockdowns and all the mandates and everything. They like working from home these days. They like the seclusion. They like, uh, you know, all the fun stuff that goes along with the lockdowns and what have you. But yeah, they are terrified of things going back to the way it was. And so any opportunity they have to keep things locked down, keep things canceled, keep things quiet, keep them in their safe little cocoons at home, they're going to take that opportunity. So I'm sure a lot of them are trolling change.org to sign these sorts of silly petitions to get anything and everything canceled to keep things the way they are. And I think, White Boy Malcolm X, I think part of this, and folks, we did discuss this several times on this podcast, I think that COVID Karen is a huge instigator in this because, let's face it, folks, COVID Karen does not want to go back to being a regular Karen, right? She enjoys the power of being a COVID Karen because a regular Karen, all she does is call the popo on her black neighbors, right? That's all she does. <laughs> that is her role in life, right? Is to call the popo and tattletale on her black neighbors. But being COVID Karen, that opens up a whole new world for a Karen, right? Because they don't just limit themselves to their black neighbors. They can tattle on anyone, right? They can call the popo on anyone and everyone <laughs> and snitch them out. I see someone out there. They ain't got the mask on. They're not social distancing. They're doing the hokey cokey in a park, right? That is what these people enjoy doing is controlling other people's lives as best they can. So if they can talk governments into keeping everything locked down and keeping everything secure, then COVID Karen does not have to go back to being a regular low-rent Karen. I tell you what, White by Malcolm X, some of these people, especially folks, some of these nut jobs up here in Massachusetts, they would keep it all locked down ad infinitum if they could. <laughs> kind of nutty if you ask me, but they just like that control, I guess. From the Daily Caller, Pelosi tweets wrong photo of black baseball player in failed attempt to wish Willie Mays happy birthday. Oops, what did Nancy do now? Here are a couple pull quotes. House Speaker and head mean girl Nancy Pelosi tweeted a happy birthday message to Hall of Fame baseball player Willie Mays for his 90th birthday on Thursday. Happy 90th birthday to an all-American icon Willie Mays, a trailblazing, record-breaking baseball player, civil rights leader, and champion for youth sports and well-being. Willie Mays is a civic legend and national treasure, Pelosi's tweet said. The only problem was the photo she used was not of her and Mays. <laughs> Oops! The speaker's original tweet included an image of her and Willie McCovey, another Hall of Fame player for the San Francisco Giants, who died in 2018. I guess the easy analysis on this one, <laughs> and everyone can see where I'm going with this, right? The easy analysis is to ask the rhetorical question, can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine the outrage if a Republican did that, right? If a Republican said, happy birthday, Willie Mays, and showed a picture of a different black guy, right? All those good, woke, white liberals. Oh, you're a racist. Look at you. You can't even tell black people apart. You're not woke. Right? That would be the response. And that is actually, folks, that is a fair assessment because it's true, right? They would be pummeled if they said happy birthday to Willie Mays and showed a picture of Willie McCovey. 
I will say this in Nancy's defense, and don't fall out of your chair over there, Wipe Macamax. I will say this in Nancy's defense. Two things. Number one, we all know she didn't do that damn tweet. Some stupid Gen Z 20-something in her office. Here's Nancy's phone. Tweet this out, right? And this kid found a picture of her with a black guy, and the kid was like, okay, I guess that's Willie Mays, right? Didn't bother to do any checking on it, but uh, out that thing went with a lovely tweet. Oops, wrong picture, right? And number two, well, it's not really a number two, I should say. It's not really a defense of Nancy Pelosi. It's just an interesting sidebar, folks. When I was working on my master's in IO psychology, we had to read all these different studies, right, as part of the program. And one of the studies that we read, it's called the own race bias. And for you folks out there going, there's no such thing, right? It was done by Meisner and Brigham in 2001. That is your reference point if you want to go look up that research. Meisner and Brigham 2001. But the own race bias is where unfamiliar faces from other races are usually remembered more poorly than ones from your own race. Which I just found interesting. It makes sense on some level, but you're not really allowed to say that because if you do, you're a racist, right? (laughs) That is generally the response. And No, it is not just in white people. I know you good white liberals out there going, oh, it's only white people because white people suck and I hate myself for being white. Right, and all you BIPOC folk out there going, it's got to be just whitey because whitey is to blame for everything, right? But no, this is across all races and societies, right? This is a universal constant. Doesn't matter if you're white or not white. It affects all people. But her stupid intern still should have done a little bit more research before sending that stupid tweet out. From the Hill, Warren says she'll run for re-election to Senate. Uh-oh, white boy Malcolm X. Time to get the moving boxes out. Senator Elizabeth Warren, otherwise known as Pocahontas, says she will run for re-election in 2024. In an interview with Politico on Friday, Warren, when asked if she planned to run for re-election, responded, Yep. In other words, folks, Pocahontas just loves being in the ruling class. Politico noted that Warren's decision to run for another term comes as a handful of prominent Massachusetts Democrats, (coughs) only in Massachusetts are they prominent, have been eyeing a run for Senate, including Representative Ayanna Presley, who I think, folks, she is in the squad with that idiot bartender, AOC, dumb as a box of rocks. And if you are a box of rocks out there listening to this podcast, I apologize. And former, get this white boy Malcolm X, and former representative Joe Kennedy III, (laughs) Ginger Kennedy, (laughs) he is back again. The only Kennedy, folks, the only Kennedy to ever lose an election in the state of Massachusetts, Ginger Kennedy. (laughs) He is back and he is eyeing a run for Senate because if that other idiot, Tweedledum Markey, right, Edward Markey, if he didn't kick his ass enough, Ginger Kennedy is back to get his ass whipped by Pocahontas. (laughs) So he will have had his butt served, not once, folks, but twice by our geriatric senators. (laughs) Ginger Kennedy, this is an early bless your heart, dear. (laughs) If Ayanna doesn't take you out first, Pocahontas is going to slap you around (laughs) like you have not been slapped around in quite some time. Oh, white boy Malcolm X, I do hope that Ginger Kennedy runs... (laughs) I hope, oh, please, sweet baby Jesus, please, 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 please let Ginger Kennedy run. We need some really good show material, and that, folks, 
We had so much fun with that. I think that was back when we first started the podcast. We had some stories about him, and he was Tweedledee, and uh, Ed Markey was Tweedledum Markey. But, uh, yeah, we hope that Ginger Kennedy runs against Pocahontas. Please, sweet baby Jesus, please. Elizabeth Warren, wiped by Malcolm X. Man, I wouldn't go up against her. She's one of the mean girls. <laughs> she will shiv you good. That kid doesn't know what's coming to him, I'll tell you what. From the New York Post, Bill Gates, known for womanizing, naked pool parties, biographer says. And if that, folks, if that headline did not make you throw up your lunch, here's a little bit more. Behind his image as a straight-laced tech mogul, Bill Gates was notorious for throwing naked pool parties with strippers and being a womanizer, even after meeting future wife Melinda, according to a biography. The Microsoft co-founder's wild lifestyle was well known among his inner circle, but newspapers like the New York Times hid the unflattering reports to continue getting spoon-fed stories, Jamie Wallace wrote in the 1997 biography, Overdrive, Bill Gates and the Race to Control Cyberspace. They didn't report on the wild bachelor parties that Microsoft's boyish chairman would throw in a Seattle home for which Gates would visit one of Seattle's all-nude nightclubs and hire dancers to come to his home and swim naked with his friends in his indoor pool, Wallace wrote. White boy Malcolm X, when you look at Bill Gates, do you see a Seattle Lothario? <laughs> He's like the T.J. Ducklow of Seattle. He is, I can see him kind of, sort of, in a Speedo. Ill-fitting, of course, but his pasty white body kind of slinking around all these hookers, <laughs> going, Hi, ladies. You want to see my code? <laughs> I just see him as some creepy pervert, even in his 20s, just kind of going around there, Hey, baby. Doing the heavy breathing and stuff. These strippers like, Okay, I need a paycheck. I can dance for these silly, woke, virgin pajama boys. <laughs> Okay, boys. My, you all are so hot. Oh, you know, can you see? God. Yeah, God. That is disgusting. Melinda, bless your heart, dear. Man, your husband is a creeper. And now, of course, dear, it is time to find you a real man, a real stud, not some nerd loser who thinks he's a stud because he's got a lot of money. I guess white boy Malcolm X, I guess he is what you would call a tech bro. Those, uh, instead of yo bros like we had in Colorado, they're tech bros. They're all nerdy. Probably half of them live in their mother's basement. <laughs> but they all think they are studs. Bless all your hearts. I'm not reading this article. Folks, this next one is from the LA Times. Fat shaming, BMI, and alienation. COVID-19 brought new stigma to large-sized people. No, I'm just not reading it. I am just going to, I think I'll pass on that one. White boy Malcolm X, since you are fake black, how is this headline from Fox News? Los Angeles area man disguised himself as white guy to commit over 30 home burglaries, police say. You run around as fake black, but this guy, white boy Malcolm X, this guy had a white mask he would wear around. So he was robbing homes in whiteface. Here are a couple pull quotes. A black man who used a lifelike mask with fake hair to disguise himself as a white guy while committing a series of home burglaries in the Los Angeles area was arrested last week, police said. Investigators have also linked Rockham Prowell, that folks is the fake white guy's name, Rockham Prowell, 
to some 30 home burglaries in the region, Fox Los Angeles reported. He is currently charged with two counts each of burglary, grand theft, and one count of vandalism, the Beverly Hills Police Department said. 30 crimes, white boy Malcolm X, and he is only charged with two counts of burglary, two counts of grand theft, and one count of vandalism. Now that, folks, that is white privilege. (laughs) I'm starting to understand why all the BIPOC folk are pissed off. On top of all the white women's tears. Boo! Right? They're tired of that, right? And they are tired of those fake white liberals on college campuses. But now, folks, I understand... Here is definitive proof of white privilege, right? You've got a black guy dressed up as a white guy, and he is only charged with five counts, right? Two burglary, two grand theft, one count of vandalism, right? And I think it's only because he was fake white when he did that, white by Malcolm X. What do you think, sir? You are fake black. Do you see the injustice here before us? You do, sir. I figured you would, right? If you were arrested, sir, because you are fake black, They would throw the book at you. You would get, sir, even though you are lily white, you identify as black. You would have been charged with all 30 counts. This black guy who is fake white, he only gets five. So you BIPOC folk out there, man, I really am starting to see what you're complaining about now. When you complain about white privilege and white power, white fragility, all that kind of white stuff. Yeah, I can see that now. And white boy Malcolm X, we will know We will know if white privilege is part of this equation. If he gets 30 hours of community service as a fake white guy, then we will know, folks, right? Because not only will he have reduced charges, but he will have a reduced sentence as well, right? Because if he were black identifying as black, he would have been charged for all 30 crimes and he would do at least 30 years, right? This time, five charges. I'm saying a couple hours of community service, he's out of there. And for our final news quick hit, folks, this is a follow-up story. It's from Pink News, and here's the headline. Former gay porn star turned far-right men's rights activist bottoms out, (laughs) you cheeky queens, in Scottish elections. And this, folks, has to do with Philip Tanzer. He used to be gay or gay for pay. He was a gay porn star, and he turned straight, right? Kind of, sort of, maybe. He does cut hair, so I'm not quite sure how straight he really is. (laughs) But he is apparently straight, and he ran for office in Scotland. That's where he lives with his girlfriend, bless her heart. But yeah, he apparently lost that election. But here are a couple details there. Former gay porn star turned far-right men's rights activist Philip Tanzer has failed to win a seat in the Scottish elections. Tanzer was a well-known porn actor and identified as gay until the age of 32, but he then renounced his sexuality and began dating women. Now aged 43, Philip Tanzer tried to win a seat in the Scottish elections for the far-right, anti-LGBT plus Scottish Family Party, but the group failed to win a single seat. So I guess that is over for Philip Tanzer. Poor guy, bless his heart. But I wonder, though, white boy Malcolm X, if he is following the Milo Yiannopoulos model to being straight, right? Because we know, folks, that Milo Yiannopoulos, he is, <coughs> he is straight, but... Every couple hundred days, he gets a desire for man meat, right? So he goes off and does that, gets it out of his system, and he's like, ah, man, I'm back to being straight again. That was so disgusting. I am not going to think about doing that again for another couple hundred days. (laughs) Bless his heart, speaking of which. But if you have not had a chance to listen to Sunday's podcast, that, folks, is when we reported that Milo Yiannopoulos, who is now straight, 
tossed his sodomy stone. <laughs> his words, not mine. He tossed his wedding ring, his sodomy stone, in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Honolulu. He did that recently. Can you see, though, Wipo Malcolm X? Can you see that queen, Milo Yiannopoulos? I'm sorry, Milo. I did not mean to miss sexual orientation you again. I mean ex-queen. Can you see that ex-queen Milo Yiannopoulos, Wipo Malcolm X? Can you see Milo, who is straight most of the time, can you see him dating a woman? Not on his life. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that either. I don't see Milo. Can you see him? Oh, hi, this is my girlfriend. Her name is Sarah. She's so fabulous. Look at her hair. Look at those highlights. Just so wonderful. Oh, and look how she wears this skirt. It's so pretty on her. It's so nice. You know, she's helping me out at my conversion therapy center and happy ending day spa. She is helping me turn other queens straight. And I am so committed to the heterosexual lifestyle right now. It is just going to be so fabulous to have Sarah here as my long-term partner. I mean, girlfriend. I'm so, oh, that's just a new phrase for me. It's just so weird to say sometimes, but I'm totally straight. It's all right, folks. I'm just, I'm just so flabbergasted to have Sarah here by my side. Oh, so good to throw that sodomy stone in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, let me tell you, girls. I tell you what, though, folks, bless her heart. I mean, whatever poor woman winds up dating that queen, not Milo Yiannopoulos. Bless her heart, not her heart, if you know what I mean. Okay, now that our news quick hits are over and... Thank God I was tired of talking about that stupid queen, Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo, you are not fooling anyone, dear. Now that our news quick hits are over, it is time to turn to our news stories. Yes, White by Malcolm X, gay is at the front, smoking gun is at the back. But White by Malcolm X, remember, we do have a smoking gun story tucked in nicely in the middle of this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump into our first story from Newsmax. Here's the headline. Next White House press secretary likely to be LGBT. And yet again, folks, someone has left off the queue. Those poor, beleaguered, questioning community folks. Those members of our tribe who just don't know what the hell they are. They are questioning themselves every morning, every afternoon, every evening, every day, every week, every month, blah, 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 on and on and on. That is why they are the questioning community. That is why they are the queue. I mean, they're better than the plus, right? The plus is kind of the catch-all if you are not a lesbian, a queen like me, and white boy Malcolm X, bisexual, which, let's face it, folks, is the laziest designation in our tribe. And why? Because a bisexual will do anyone, right? Or a transgender, right? So you've got LGBTQ and the plus. So at least those questioning folks are not a plus, but they left them off this article. So I guess they are not going to be included in the White House press secretary search. But let's find out more. The surprise statement Thursday that Jen Psaki, and folks, I have to admit that I kind of thought she looked gay to me, but I guess she was not, that she would most likely step down as White House press secretary early next year, has sparked speculation over who would succeed her behind the most famous lectern in the world. She does, though, wipe Malcolm X. I have to say this about Jen Psaki. She does have sniffable hair, very sniffable hair, I would have to say. I bet Creepy Uncle Joe, he's always like, oh, Jen, let's go over today's news stories. Oh, yes, Mr. President, yes, Mr. President. Is that Pantene? Oh, yes, Mr. President, just like you like it. <laughs> Bless your heart, Jen, if you are letting that creepy old man sniff your hair. 
Most of the talk about the second press secretary to creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer pointed to a historic first, the first ever LGBT person to serve as the top spokesperson to the president. The immediate name on the lips of most White House correspondents was Corrine Jean-Pierre. And yes, folks, Jean-Pierre is hyphenated, the principal deputy press secretary. A longtime fixture in Democratic campaigns, Jean-Pierre served as regional political director in the Office of Political Affairs under President Barack Obama and as chief of staff to Queen Kamala during her vice presidential campaign last year. Jean-Pierre, or now that I think about it, White Boy she could be French, Jean-Pierre, right? She could be Jean-Pierre or Jean-Pierre. So, Corrine, I apologize if I am butchering your last name. Let's face it, folks, the last thing you want to do is piss off a lesbian because she will come to your house and give you a fierce beatdown. So, Corrine, I promise you I am not doing that on purpose. But we will go with Jean-Pierre because it does sound a little bit more sophisticated. Jean-Pierre is openly gay and has long spoken of this. Like all good leftists do, they just can't help but talk about themselves and what makes them so special on this earth. President Obama didn't hire LGBT staffers. He hired experienced individuals who happened to be gay, she told The Advocate. And does anyone, does anyone out there believe that? (laughs) This is the political party, folks, that loves to brag about all the women and the capital B black people and all the other BIPOC folks, except folks, except if you are from the AAPI, if you are an Asian, you do not get a cabinet level post, but all the other folks that are getting them right, they love to brag about their gender or their skin tone or their sexual orientation or all the other things that make them unique other than their qualifications. The first thing out of their mouth is they are a blank and they also may or may not be qualified, right? They gave that pocket queen Pete Buttigieg. And no, folks, I still do not know how short that pocket queen really is. But Pete, we are going to find out. I promise you that. They gave that to him because he was gay. (laughs) They didn't give that to him because he is an expert in transportation. Everyone would have laughed at them if they had come out with Pete Buttigieg, that little pocket queen, gotten him his little step stool up there, right? And they said, here is Pete Buttigieg. We have nominated him to run the Department of Transportation because he is eminently qualified to run the Department of Transportation. He's the ex-mayor of some podunk town in Indiana (laughs) with a ton of potholes. You think that queen knows a damn thing about anything? No, they put him in there (laughs) because he's a queen. That was the first criteria they cared about. The other name, because of course, folks, Corrine Jean-Pierre cannot be the only member of the tribe under consideration. The other name heard as a likely successor to Pisaki is also LGBT. Ned Price, 38, now holds the position as State Department spokesman that Pisaki held under Obama and that Mike McCurry held before serving as President Bill Clinton's second press secretary from 1994 to 1998. So White Boy Malcolm X, you have Corrine Jean-Pierre, or Jean-Pierre, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. She is a black lesbian, right? And you've got Ned Price, who is a white queen. So you've got black lesbian, white queen. Who, sir, who do you think they will choose when Jen Psaki steps down as White House press secretary? You think the black lesbian. More boxes. <laughs> Queens with clipboards. 
you check two boxes. Oh, you're wonderful. You're black. Oh, you check that box. And oh, you're a lesbian. I'm going to definitely check that box. And oh, you can give a beat down to that evil Peter Ducey over at Fox News. I'm going to double check that box. <laughs> and you, you stupid white queen, what do you got? Oh, honey, don't show me the snark. I can, uh, I'll train you on that someday, dear. I'm not even going to bother checking a box. <laughs> Get the hell out of my face. Kareen, dear honey, ah, you are fabulous. You are going to make a wonderful White House press secretary. (laughs) And I love the fact that you can just call them a racist and a bigot. That is going to be so much fun. And you can serve a good beatdown. Good for you, dear. Good for you. And I hate to say it, but I think that would be kind of funny to watch her (laughs) take Peter Ducey out back and make him a man. (laughs) That nepotism case, bless that kid's heart. Okay, folks, this is the first of our two smoking gun stories. And yes, folks, it is in Florida. But, but folks, even though it's in Florida, I did not save this one for last because I got an even better story after this one. But here's this headline. Dispute about Tom Brady turned violent. Cops heated argument over quarterback results in Florida man's arrest. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Football arguing. No. A heated argument regarding Tom Brady triggered a series of violent confrontations that resulted late Sunday in the arrest of a Florida man for domestic battery, according to court records. Police say that after a day of drinking, (laughs) otherwise known folks as day drinking, Brian Palter, 33, and his friends were en route to Palter St. Petersburg residence when an argument about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback left Palter enraged. Folks, he was enraged. An arrest affidavit does not further describe the heated argument about Brady. That sucks. Palter's Facebook page indicates that he is a fan of the New England Patriots. The team Brady, 43, left last year to join the Buccaneers, who won the Super Bowl in February. Upon arriving home, Palter fought with a friend, punching the man in the face multiple times, leaving the victim bloody and with visible injuries. After pummeling his buddy, Palter became combative with the woman's wife, cops allege. Palter later shoved both his pal's wife and his own spouse, causing her to slip and strike her head on the kitchen counter. Palter's wife, 34, suffered a very large contusion on her forehead, but was uncooperative with police. The other woman, however, provided cops with an account of how Palter's wife sustained her injury. Arrested for domestic battery, a misdemeanor. (laughs) I guess I shouldn't be laughing, folks, but... In Florida, apparently, you can beat your wife, and it's only a misdemeanor, of course. Palter was booked into the county jail, from which he was released early Tuesday on his own recognizance. A judge has ordered him to have no contact with his wife. Additionally, Palter, who cops say was intoxicated Sunday evening, will be outfitted with an ankle bracelet that monitors blood alcohol concentration. In Florida, white boy Malcolm X, I would assume that everyone in the state of Florida had a blood alcohol monitor already on their ankles, but I guess not. I tell you what, though, folks, that has got to be a really lucrative business to be in in the state of Florida, supplying those monitors to slap on criminals or alleged criminals' ankles. So, white boy Malcolm X, if you don't mind, sir, you have nothing better to do. I would like to see if I understand this story correctly. I would like to kind of recap it as best I can. And for you folks out there as well, I would like to see if I understand what's going on here to see if I fully comprehend the story. Is that okay with you, sir? Okay. Thank you. So 
I have Brian Palter and a couple of buddies, right? Straight guys like to use the word buddy. Me and my buddies, they were out day drinking, right? They were out all day boozing it up. God knows what they were drinking. Budweiser, maybe some hard liquor, maybe some whiskey. Maybe even, folks, maybe even a deliciously chilled white Zinfandel. <laughs> Something low rent like that, right, folks? But they are out. Brian Palter and his buddies are out. They are day drinking. And so I guess at some point, one of them said to the rest of them, man, this has been so much fun day drinking with you all. This has just been great. I love these chilled white Zinfandels. They are so sweet. They really hit the spot in this humid, hot Florida sun, right? Mm, they are delicious, but it's time to call it a day, right? So they all get into the car and they are driving back. And Brian's like, let's go back to my house, right? And so they're driving back and we don't know what they argued about, folks, but I am going to theorize something, right? I am going to reimagine this slightly, if you folks don't mind if I take a little bit of creative license with this, right? I am imagining them out there day drinking. They are enjoying, like I said earlier, folks, a delicious white Zinfandel. <laughs> Ugh. But they're out there, and now they're in the car driving back to Brian's house, right? And one of them turns to the other. I don't know who, folks. I don't know who said it. But someone said in Brian Palter's presence, someone said, you know what, guys? I think that Tom Brady's ass looks better in the Tampa Bay uniform than it ever did in a New England Patriots uniform. And Brian, being a huge Patriots fan, right? I bet he got pretty butthurt by that, folks. I bet he, well, obviously he was enraged, right? We read that in the Smoking Gun story. So Brian starts to get really enraged because there they are in that car talking about Tom Brady's ass looking better in a Tampa Bay uniform than in a New England uniform. And everyone who is a New England's Patriot fan knows that Tom Brady's ass looked best in a New England uniform. So he is enraged and they are driving home, folks, and he is just Man, he is angry as hell, and everyone in the car knows it. It is an awkward ride home, right? And they get to Brian's house and everyone else in that car, but one guy said, you know what? Thank you, guys. I'm going home. And so they left, and so it's just Brian and his buddy, and the two wives are up in the house already, right? They are also enjoying a delicious white Zinfandel, right? So those two go in the house, and Brian, folks, he is still enraged, and the women look up, and they're like, Guys, would you like to share in this delicious bottle of white Zinfandel with us? And Brian's like, screw you and screw the white Zinfandel. And F you, beep, 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 beep. He is jabbing his finger in the face of his buddy. Screw you, pal. Tom Brady's ass looks a hell of a lot better in a New England Patriots uniform than it could ever possibly look in a Tampa Bay uniform. And the other guy's going, uh-uh. Tom Brady's ass looks far better in a Tampa Bay uniform. And those two are just going at it so much and just screaming. The women are sitting there going, well, I guess all the white Zinfandels for us. Let those boys argue, right? And then Brian has had it with his friend taunting him about Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay uniform. And he just starts to pummel the guy. Bam, bam, bam. Take this. Bam, bam, bam. Beating the hell out of this guy. The women are like, oh, what the, what the, what? Right? And they are starting to freak out. And he pummels this guy all the way to the guys on the ground. Don't ever say that. He's just bam, 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 bam. And the guy's like bloodied and he is just, oh man, I give up. Fine, fine. And so then, then folks, that guy's wife comes over and she's like, what are you doing with my man? And he's like, you know what he said about Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform? He said it was substandard to Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay uniform. And she's like, well, maybe it is. 
And he thought about it, folks, but he didn't do it. He thought about punching that woman. I bet he did. But he didn't do it. But she kept taunting him. So he finally was like, man, I just want to belt this woman. I want to give her what I gave to her husband. But no, he didn't do that. He shoved her, right? And he said, get out of my face, woman. I am not going to talk to you because you don't know a damn thing about Tom Brady's ass in any uniform, you stupid woman. You don't even watch football, right? He is like all up in her junk. So his wife, who has had it now, right? She's got a guy on the floor and he is beaten and bloodied. Her white Zinfandel partner has been shoved and her hair's all a mess, right? They try to jack their hair to Jesus up there in Florida. And it takes a lot of effort, folks. It takes a lot of hair drying. It takes a lot of mousse. It takes a lot of hairspray. If you want to know why there is a hole in the ozone layer, it's because Florida women put a lot of hairspray in their hair. But she has had it with her husband and this stupid argument to her anyway, right? Because let's face it, those queens out there, I know who you queens are. You're probably like, oh, yes, Tom Brady's ass. I bet it looks good in any uniform, right? But she's had it. She's had it with the chaos going on in her house. So she goes over to her husband. She goes, you stupid idiot. You're upsetting my white Zinfandel friend. You beat her husband. This has got to stop. And he's like, where does Tom Brady's ass look better? She's like, I don't care. And he, folks, that is a real insult, right? That's even worse than saying that Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform than it does in a New England Patriots uniform. That indifference to Brian Palter cannot be tolerated. So what does he do? He shoves his wife. And what does she do? She falls back and bam, she pops her head into the counter. Ah, ah. She's down for the count, folks. It is just a train wreck from hell. Not for Florida, right? Let's face it, folks. That is a normal day in any household in Florida, right? But it's a train wreck in any other person's house. So finally, folks, someone said, I am calling the Popo, right? And so Popo come over. Popo are like, oh, Jesus Christmas. So they go over to this house, right? Because that's all Florida police do, right? Is drive from one person's house to the next, to the next, to the next. Because there's always some sort of mayhem going on. So they show up to this house and you've got a guy beaten and bloodied on the floor. You've got another guy. His face is beat red. That is how enraged he is. You've got a woman on the floor with some sort of concussion, and you've got another woman whose hair that has been jacked to Jesus is all a flutter because it looks like someone shoved her, and the popo are there, and they're like, what the hell is going on, folks? And the popo point to the woman on the floor and like, ma'am, what happened to you? And she's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, nothing. And it's like, ma'am, your head looks like you slammed it into that countertop pretty hard. I see blood on the countertop. You're there on the floor. And it does not look like a pretty sight, ma'am. No offense. No offense. But yeah, something happened here. No, officer. Nothing happened here. She keeps looking at her husband. She keeps giving him that stink eye. I am going to get you. She's thinking, I am going to get you good when they're all gone. Right? And so she's going to keep her mouth shut because she can get even with him later. But then her stupid friend opens her mouth because she's still pissed off that her husband is bloodied on the floor. His manhood along with it. Right? And so she says, Popo. I know what happened here, and let me tell you something. That man, and she's pointing over there to Brian Palter, that man, he beat up my husband, and he pushed his wife. And Popo's like, why? What happened here? And that big mouth, once it started, she's like, well, they were arguing about Tom Brady's ass and whether it looks better in a New England Patriots uniform or if it looks better in a Tampa Bay uniform. And the police are like, well, of course Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay uniform than it ever could in a New York Patriots uniform, right? And Brian is even more enraged now because Popo just took a dump on his vision of Tom Brady in a New England Patriots uniform. But as dumb as Brian is, 
Brian is not so dumb as to hit Popo in the state of Florida. That might be, well, it ain't probably quite a felony, but it might be two or three misdemeanors there. He was not going to risk that. So he just kept his mouth shut, and Popo's like, they took a look around, and they just looked over at Brian, and they said, sir, you are under arrest. Of course, don't worry, it's Florida, it's misdemeanor, but we are arresting you for domestic battery. Come with us. Did I get that right, White by Malcolm X? Did I, do you think I got that story? Did I encapsulate it for you well enough, sir? Marginally. Well, I mean, look, there was a lot of ambiguity in there. I had absolutely no idea what they were arguing about. I just, I had to go with something. And Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay uniform or a New England uniform was as good an argument as any sports, sports-related argument there is. So that is what I assumed it to be. But, I mean, you never know, folks. You just... You never know, but I, I think that is a reasonable explanation, and screw you, sir. <laughs> Don't make me come over there. And I'm so used to White by Malcolm X, and you folks out there, I'm so used to saying, and on that note, since I cannot top some weirdo getting butthurt about Tom Brady's ass in a football uniform, right? I usually end the podcast like that. But no, folks, we have more. We have the woke folk. We have our race block, and then we have a second smoking gun story, and then we're out of here for the next week and a half. This is from the Post Millennial. Softball team issues apology after wearing sombreros on Cinco de Mayo. Uh-oh, this sounds like cultural appropriation, folks. A Michigan softball team found themselves attacked on social media for a photo in which five of them were wearing sombreros for Cinco de Mayo. The coach and players have since apologized. Of course they have. The women's softball team of Hope College and Wipo Malcolm X, please, sir, no lesbian jokes, were out and about for Cinco de Mayo and wound up taking a group photo since they were all together informally. Five of the ten women in the photo had sombreros on at the time. According to the Daily Wire, the unfortunate ladies found themselves mobbed on social media, of course, and irate students began calling the college's administration, demanding something be done about it. The students then felt obliged to take the post down and issue the following joint apology. I'm starting to feel bad for these girls. The original post featured a picture of softball players wearing sombreros at an informal team gathering. In her apology, Coach Mary Vanderhoof and Coach Mary, I apologize if I'm butchering your name, recognized the hurt caused by turning a culture into a costume. Get this, White Boy Malcolm X. A hurt that is felt especially deep by our Latinx students, staff, and faculty. So yes, folks. Latinx is there, and who uses the word Latinx? Snooty white people. Though I guess the softball team down there at Hope College and the softball coach are a bunch of snooty white liberals. We too acknowledge the pain this caused, we apologize, and we stand with our Latinx community. Coach Mary Vanderhoof also issued an apology of her own. By wearing the sombreros, we turned a culture into a costume. Yes, you already said that. And by posting the image, we demonstrated a lack of awareness. That was wrong. I have reached out to the Center for Diversity and Inclusion Leadership. <laughs> Can you see that fun sponge coming over? Hi, I'm from the Center of Diversity and Inclusion Leadership. I'm here to scream at you for an hour and call you a bunch of racists. You ready to go now? Ha, ha, ha and our athletics administration to take the next step forward, and I'm committed to developing resources for our team. 
I am sorry that it was at the expense of students and a culture that are often marginalized and misrepresented. White Boy Malcolm X, I do have a question for you, sir. No, I take that back. Hold on a second. I kind of have one question, but it comes in two parts. So the question, I guess, is how dumb do you think the Latino community thinks we are? And by we, I mean white people. And the reason I asked that, and that's the two-part thing, right? First part, because we use the word Latinx. <laughs> Not us, folks. Don't get me wrong. White boy Malcolm X and I only use the word Latinx to make fun of snooty white liberals. But, you know, folks, there was actually a survey. And, man, I wish I had pulled that. But there was a survey asking Latino people about the word Latinx. And the vast majority of them had never heard of it or don't use it, right? The only people that use the word Latinx are snooty white liberals who want to act all woke, right? Oh, I love the Latinx community. It's so wonderful, right? Those type of people, they love the word Latinx. Latinos, Latinas, if you want to get gender specific, and yes, folks, I know there are eight genders, but in this case, we're just going to go with Latino and Latina. I do not know the Spanish equivalent of Zizirza, so we're just going to go with Latino or Latina. So that's the first part, White Boom Do you think they're laughing at us because we use the word Latinx? Answer, do you think they're laughing at us not only because we use the word Latinx, but because you've got another batch of white liberals, dopey white liberals, self-flagellating again <laughs> about how unwoke they are. We're horrible. We're such bad white people. We suck. We know we suck. We're horrible. Please, please send someone from the Center for Diversity and Inclusion over to, to whip on us, please. I can just see the Latino and Latina community going, oh, Jesus Christmas, these stupid white people with the word Latinx, and it's a damn sobrero, you idiots. <laughs> We're fine with it, trust me. Just just stop with the self-flagellating, please, just for one freaking second. Just stop. We can't take it anymore. <laughs> Dumbass white people, why the, why the hell are we here? Let's go back to Mexico or let's go to Spain. <laughs> can't take these stupid idiots anymore. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I tell you what, though, another thing, White Boy Malcolm X, I have one more thought on this, folks. That social media mob that went after those poor, mostly lesbian, I suspect, those poor women on that softball team and the coach, Mary, Coach Mary there, they were going after her as well. I guarantee you, folks, that social media mob, mark my words, were a bunch of hysterical Gen Z millennial white women. (laughs) crying those white women's tears oh boo boo they were wearing sombreros they were unwoke boo (laughs) yeah and folks these same women who are on social media trashing these poor softball players over there at hope college where there is no hope if you are unwoke those same chicks trashing them on social media calling up the administration, demanding they get spanked by the Center for Diversity and Inclusion, right? Those same women are the same stupid idiots, hysterical and screaming and drunk in a Mexican restaurant on Cinco de Mayo. They do the exact same thing. They are just frauds and hypocrites. And they're just a pack of mean girls out to screw another pack of mean girls. Oh my goodness, you... You social justice warriors, no one can be too woke, man. (laughs) Tearing them all down, tearing each other down. This, though, White Boy Malcolm X, this, and you folks out there, this is when it starts to get fun because this is when they really, um, nom, 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 nom. And no, folks, I am not talking about teacher bait, so all you high school teachers out there, calm down. This is when they start to eat their own. (laughs) So, folks, sit back, get some popcorn, and enjoy the show. From Campus Reform, Blaming Jim Crow 
Northwestern student journalist says the way white people walk on sidewalks is too racist. So, folks, if that story we had on Sunday's podcast about Kiana Marzen from the University of Denver, she was the newspaper editor-in-chief, if that story wasn't bad enough for you, we got another student journalist finding the white people unacceptable, this time for just walking on a sidewalk. Let's find out more. The opinion editor of the Northwestern University student newspaper recently published an article asserting that white people walk awkwardly on sidewalks because of their internalized racism. When I first got to Northwestern, I wondered why walking around campus could be so frustrating. Even when sidewalks were relatively empty, I would often have to walk way around people to pass without bumping into them, wrote Kenny Allen of the Daily Northwestern. At first, I chalked it up to the geographic diversity of the school. Maybe the people that came to the school were used to different ways of moving through a public place. However, after talking to my black friends about my experience, Allen concluded that people at this predominantly white school would not move out of our way on the sidewalk. Laying out the claims by University of Richmond sociologist Bedelia Richards for determining whether one's university is racist, quick answer folks, they all are, such as which groups feel most at home, whose norms, values, and perspectives are legitimated, and who inhabit positions of power, Allen concluded that white people meet most of the criteria. Of course they do. Allen then asserted that the formal rules of Jim Crow were accompanied by a set of informal ones that governed the way black people approached white people in public space and vice versa. The social order required black people to yield to white people whenever possible, such as stepping off the sidewalk when a white person was walking past. White people came to expect the right of way in public spaces, he added. White people who were accustomed to moving through the world like that, intentionally or not, taught their kids to move through the world in the same way. And the racism that undergirded Jim Crow wasn't eliminated just because the laws were no longer overtly racist. Allen concluded that many white people walk around campus having unknowingly absorbed this particular facet of white supremacy, and the leaders of the institution do little to make us believe that white supremacy is something worth challenging in the first place. White supremacy, white boy Malcolm X. That means, folks, that means white supremacists hiding about, lurking in the shadows. I wonder, though, White Boy Malcolm X, I wonder if Alyssa Milano is on the Northwestern campus. Because let's face it, folks, we all know from Sunday's podcast that Alyssa Milano is supposedly, allegedly a white supremacist hiding about, lurking in the shadows. I suppose that a normal person, one that does not have the woke lenses covering their eyes, the normal person might say, man, there are a bunch of college kids walking around and they are all staring at their phones. They don't see the world around them. No, that is wrong, folks. That is white supremacy, right? You got a bunch of kids probably staring at their phones the whole damn time. Let's face it, folks. Every time I used to go out in downtown Boston, it was a bunch of dopey kids all staring at their phones and they were white, they were black, they were every shade in between. <laughs> bunch of kids staring into their phones, bunch of adults staring into their phones. Everyone was staring into their stupid phones, right? And this guy, it's just because of white supremacy and Jim Crow <laughs> that these white kids are going around, they got white privilege, and they are just taking up the sidewalk, they are hogging that sidewalk all to themselves. <laughs> Bless your heart, Kenny Allen. And I suppose, white boy Malcolm X, now that I am thinking about what a normal person would think, not that that is me, but 
a normal person might call, at least what Kenny is thinking, right? That if a white person is out there hogging up the sidewalk, that it is white supremacy and Jim Crow. A normal person might call that, Kenny's thinking, confirmation bias, right? Because Kenny has those woke lenses on, right? Kenny has probably read all of Ibram X. Kendi's books probably several times. He's probably read Kaneshi Coates' books. He's probably read Robin D'Angelo's books, even though she is a white woman, an interloper into the woke money-making machine, right? But he has probably read all those books several times, so he is down for the struggle, and he knows that white people suck, and he knows that white people are racist. He's got those woke lenses on, so when he sees a bunch of dopey white college kids walking around, staring at their phones, or just kind of being general dumbasses (laughs) as they go from building to building, right? That to him is just a sign of white supremacy and white privilege and white power and white fragility and Jim Crow. Bless your heart, Kenny Allen. Although, yeah, I am totally beating up on Kenny because, yes, I do think it is confirmation bias. He is looking for Whitey to be racist, so he is going to find it no matter what, right? But in Kenny's defense, I hate to say this, but in Kenny's defense, there are a lot of women out there. And, yes, I'm going to pick on you women I call it sex in the city walking. And you folks are going, are you calling women prostitutes? No, I am not doing that at all. But if you watch sex in the city, you have four. Of course, they are white women. So maybe Kenny does have a point. But you have four white women all walking down the street in one line, right? And they are just barreling through like that ever happens in New York, right? You do not ever have that much space where four women can walk side by side by side by side. But they try, (laughs) They do try sometimes, and I've had times where I am walking down the sidewalk, and you get two or three women, and they are literally just sucking up the entire sidewalk, and they're coming right at me. I'm like, what am I supposed to do, jump in the street or jump against the wall or jump, you know? No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to stand my ground. Now, I'm not going to take up half the sidewalk, right? But I am not going to, like, throw myself out of their way so the three of them can walk unencumbered, right? I'm going to make one of them move. So, Kenny, don't blame the folks if they're being idiots on the sidewalks. Stand your ground, son. <laughs> Grow a pair for a change. Don't just slink away and go, they're just racist and white supremacy and Jim Crow. <laughs> Stop being a baby and man up. But do we think he'll ever do that, White Boy Malcolm X? No, of course not. Of course not. It's funner to scream, Whitey sucks, than it is to ever just kind of be like, I am walking down that damn sidewalk. Screw them, right? White Boy Malcolm X, we are down to two stories. Yes, sir. We are down to two stories. One is, of course, folks, from our race block. But the last one, our next story is a smoking gun story. And it is a doozy. But let's get this dumpster fire over with first. From the College Fix, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee workshop helps participants to confront whiteness. Uh Uh-oh. Let's find out what's going on up in Milwaukee. The University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee recently hosted an event featuring a pair of reflective justice experts. And folks, if you do not know what a reflective justice expert is and how you become an expert in reflective justice, you just have to say that Whitey sucks. (laughs) Who helped attendees confront whiteness in the campus community. Maybe instead of blaming Jim Crow, Kenny Allen over at Northwestern University can get these two dopes, these reflective justice experts, to help him confront whiteness on his campus. Because it looks like those folks, those woke folk over at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, they are taking charge. The April 29th workshop was part of the Honors Anti-Racism event series and led by Beloit College's Lisa Anderson-Levy. Yes, folks, Anderson-Levy is hyphenated. 
and Catherine Orr. And folks, just to give you a picture of this pair of reflective justice experts, Lisa Anderson-Levy, and yes, folks, again, Anderson-Levy is hyphenated. Lisa Anderson-Levy is a black chick with a nose piercing. And Catherine Orr, she is a white chick. So you've got these two up on stage, both trash and whitey. The UWM Honors College seeks to be a radically welcoming space where all students, staff, and faculty can flourish and experience genuine belonging, reports Wisconsin right now. Unless, folks, unless you are white and heterosexual, then you're really screwed. According to the event description, the professors contend whiteness can be when a white student says or does something, even unintentionally, like, say, I don't know, walking down the street, walking on the sidewalk, that targets students of color, or when a white faculty member believes that Blue Lives Matter is equivalent to Black Lives Matter. Well, that faculty member, folks, that faculty member is a racist pig and should be fired. That is how woke I am. (laughs) Yeah, you never, folks, you never, ever, 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 ever say Blue Lives Matter is equivalent to Black Lives Matter. That makes you racist Nazi scum. Workshop participants were encouraged to read a pair of articles. One, a New York Times piece, says George Floyd's death is the story of our babies, of the numerous black children who grow up literally or metaphorically under the steel heel of a police boot. The other is about black students at PWIs, predominantly white institutions, which allow white and rich students to silence, manipulate, and demean students of color. Or an Anderson-Levy-run reflective justice, which claims to build communities of mutual liberation. So that's it, White by Malcolm X. Did I get that right at this latest Whitey Sucks parade, right? <laughs> this latest community gathering of Whitey Sucks, let's all trash Whitey, right? They're just up there going, hey, read this New York Times article about how Whitey Sucks, and here's another article about how Whitey Sucks, and thank you for coming this evening. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. We'll be here all week. Or an Anderson Levy run reflective justice, which claims to build communities of mutual liberation. Our vision of professional development is about promoting institutional environments where white people can move beyond their fears and join with black indigenous people of color in the work of reflective justice, an essential element of our mutual liberations. In short, our work is about decentering whiteness in institutional spaces so everyone can thrive, the site's main page says. White Boy Malcolm X. I do have a question for you, sir. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. It's the same damn story, story after story after story with these damn folks. But I do have a question for you, sir. How many Benjamins do you think these two clowns are making off of their reflective justice shtick? Do you think, hold on, hold on a second. Do you think they are making more, less, or as much as the other woke folk out there, the other race hustlers, Ibram X. Kendi, Taneshi Coates, and Robin D'Angelo, and all those other woke folks, do you think they are pulling in as much money, more money, or less money? Ah, that's true. So you're saying book sales. So they're not probably don't have any books to sell, so they are probably making, I bet they're making a lot less money than if they're not doing the book sales. Ah, good point there, sir. I'm sure they're doing well. I'm sure the University of Wisconsin and Milwaukee is paying these two chicks huge bank to trash Whitey, and you got a white chick up there, and she is trashing Whitey. She, folks, she is the new Robin D'Angelo. Probably not as rich as Robin D'Angelo, right? But she is just another in a long line of obnoxious white liberals. Ah, white people suck. We're horrible. 
whip us, whip us, whip us, please. Tell us how we're racist pigs, right? They think they're going to get out of a ticket on the train to the re-education camp, but they are wrong, folks. They are wrong, they are wrong, they are wrong. And Catherine Orr, she is yet another useful idiot for those social justice warriors to trash Whitey. She is trashing one of our own. She is throwing all of us under the bus so she gets out of that re-education camp. But Catherine, you're going there along with the rest of us. I would say, White by Malcolm X, we should do a drinking game every time we have an article about another one of these social justice woke meetings on a college campus, (laughs) one of these symposiums where they're all coming together to trash Whitey. We should do a shot. But let's face it, folks, we would be drunk inside of five minutes. We would have alcohol poisoning inside of about 10, 15 minutes. (laughs) Because let's face it, folks, this is the racket that everyone wants to be in these days. Okay, folks, the moment you have been waiting for, and we are not even leaving the state of Wisconsin, but here, folks, is our last story, our final story, our smoking gun story, and White Boy Malcolm X, now I am nervous after Tom Brady's ass in a Patriots uniform versus a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. I'm nervous that this story is not going to stand up to muster, and I am going to have a revolt on my hands. People saying, Miller, Miller, why the hell did you not put the Florida story last? Everyone knows that the Florida story is the best story. You should have saved that for last. And we may get there, folks. We may get to that spot where that is the determination. And I have to come on to this podcast, even if I have, I don't know, whatever the hell you get after your second COVID shot. If I have to come on to this podcast a week from today and apologize for screwing up the order of the smoking gun stories, I will do so, right? Because let's face it, folks, it is the order of the smoking gun stories that really helps to make a podcast what it is, right? So we're going to give this a shot and I hope and pray. Please, sweet baby Jesus, please, 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 please. I am praying, praying hard to sweet baby Jesus that this story, folks, this story makes up for the fact that it is not in Florida. Yes, White Bob Malcolm X, I am delaying because I got a dumpy smoking gun story from Wisconsin. (laughs) No, just kidding, folks. Here we go. You be the judge. Woman shocked by her son on Mother's Day. The most shocking gift this year for Mother's Day was the handiwork of a Wisconsin man record show. During a disturbance yesterday afternoon, a 43-year-old woman was tased in the neck by her son, who was upset because he could not find his phone, according to police. Investigators say that Andrew Peterson, 22, tased his mother in the victim's home in Lone Rock, a village about 45 miles west of Madison. And folks, I already know who the village idiot is in Lone Rock. (laughs) a village outside of Madison. After the tasing, Peterson left the residence with his 20-year-old girlfriend. And folks, you got to look up a picture of this chick. She is a, in my opinion, she is a skank hoe and the couple's young child. And looking at a picture of Andrew Peterson, I don't know if he is the father of that child. Not that they had a picture of the child, White Boy Malcolm X, and you folks out there. No, I'm not picking on the kid. I just don't think he has ever had sex with a woman. (laughs) He's probably had a lot of sex with himself, and he's probably had a lot of sex with a sex doll in the basement of his mother's home. But I do not think, folks, he has ever been with a real woman. Not that that skank chick who's his girlfriend is a real woman, but I do not think he has been with another human being. Police subsequently located Peterson, who reportedly admitted to using an electronic weapon on his mother on Mother's Day. 
Peterson's girlfriend, Colleen Parker, was also arrested for allegedly punching Peterson's mother in the face during a confrontation Thursday. Peterson and Parker had been living in the victim's home for the past several months. They were booked yesterday into the Richmond County Jail. Parker was charged with battery and disorderly conduct. Peterson was charged with battery, disorderly conduct, possession of an electronic weapon, and bail jumping in connection with a separate domestic battery case pending in Iowa County. Peterson's rap sheet includes prior convictions for DUI, possession of drug paraphernalia, and trespassing. At 22 years old, white boy Malcolm X, this guy has already got himself a doozy of a rap sheet. His girlfriend, 20 years old, bless that kid's heart, God. Man, if they are the parents, or she is the birth mother, and he is just some dopey boyfriend that she is stringing along. Bless that kid's poor heart, and bless that mother's heart. We'll call her, for the purposes of this story, folks, we will call her Miss Peterson. But uh, white boy Malcolm X. This story has a couple different timelines. It's kind of like Tenet, that movie we just saw. And no, folks, no, I'll just go ahead and admit it. I was like, what the blankety blank 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 is going on in this damn movie? (laughs) They're running forwards, they're running backwards. I don't know what the hell is going on around here. But that could have been the beer. That could have just been the Christopher Nolan plotline. I couldn't tell you at this point, but I'm like, yeah, I couldn't tell you what happened in that damn movie. But folks, I am going to give it my damn best to tell you what happened here in Lone Rock when the village idiot went sideways. So folks, we're not starting on Mother's Day when this poor woman, Miss Peterson, got tasered. We have to back the story up a couple days prior, right? We have to build to Mother's Day. So folks, let's pick it up the Thursday before Mother's Day, right? That is when the story truly does begin. And you've got at least, I don't know where Andrew is. I suspect Andrew is probably in his mother's basement doing God knows what. We're not even going to guess for purposes of the story. Okay, I will. I bet you he is banging his sex doll down there. And mom is upstairs, and the dopey girlfriend is upstairs, and the two ladies are there. I bet, folks, I bet they are sitting there, and even though Colleen Parker is only 20 years old, I bet you those two women are sitting there enjoying two nice glasses of chilled white Zinfandel. (laughs) Just like those folks in Florida, right? They're just sitting there, and they are enjoying their white Zinfandel. Andrew's down there in the basement going, ah, 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 with his sex doll. The kid... God bless his soul again. He's probably just stuck in front of the television watching some mindless, I don't know. He's probably watching My Little Pony, probably learning how to be a neo-Nazi early. I don't know how young this kid is, but you can never start with these Nazi types. You can never start too young. They're probably indoctrinating him on My Little Pony and Nazism, right? So Colleen and Miss Peterson are sitting there at the, I don't know, at some crappy kitchen table, probably covered in formica, enjoying their white Zinfandel, probably in plastic glasses and Colleen probably turns to Miss Parker and she's like, you know, Miss Parker, we really do love living with you here. And Miss Parker's like, oh, you know, I love having you folks here. And I I love having little Timmy there. He's such a great little kid. I'm a little worried about the My Little Pony thing. I think he probably watches a little bit too much of that. But I think it's great to have you three living here. It's been a wonderful few months having you here. And Colleen's like, yeah, yeah, Miss Peterson, I couldn't agree more. Random aside, Miss Peterson. Miss Peterson's like, oh, what, what? Is it the white Zinfandel? Is it not chilled enough? No, no, it's just fine. It's got two ice cubes. It is chilled enough, Miss Peterson. Thank you very much for asking, though. I just had a question for you. Miss Peterson's like, what? What can I answer for you? Miss Peterson, do you think that Tom Brady's ass, do you think it looks better in a New England Patriots uniform? Or do you think this past year when he was down at Tampa Bay, do you think his ass looked better then? And Miss Peterson's like, 
hmm, I hadn't really thought about it. And of course, Colleen said, how could you not think about that? That is on everyone's mind. In fact, I just read a story the other day where there was fisticuffs involved with this question. And Miss Peterson's like, well, if you're going to make me answer, I would have to say neither. And Colleen's like, what do you mean neither? Miss Peterson's like, I think that Tom Brady's ass would look best. I think it would look damn fine in a Green Bay Packers uniform. And Colleen is like, are you trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? No, no, no. I am not trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think, folks, I don't think that Colleen believed her. I think Colleen was like, I think you are. I think you hate Aaron Rodgers and you want to get rid of him and replace him with that old man, Tom Brady, whose ass does not look good in either uniform. And Miss Peterson's like, no, not at all. But Colleen, folks, she was not having it. She was not into believing Miss Peterson about wanting to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. And look, folks, Colleen Parker is a 20-year-old white woman. And what do 20-year-old white women like to do? They like to riot, loot, and burn, right? Have a grand gay old time, right? That's what they like to do. And they get hysterical like that, right? And so Colleen gets really, really angry with Miss Peterson because she is convinced, she has convinced herself, folks, that Miss Peterson wants to get rid of Ann Rogers and replace him with Tom Brady. So she gets up out of her chair and just pops Miss Rogers right there in the face. There you go, you dumb old beep. Get out of my face. Even if it's your house, get out of my face. How dare you talk bad about Aaron Rodgers? And so Andrew's down there and he has just finished with the sex song. He hears his racket upstairs. So he's like, he runs up the stairs and he is already sweaty and exhausted because he has just been going hard on that sex doll for quite some time. He's like, what the what? Because his mom is there and she's got this big red welt on her face and Colleen is standing there and she's got her fist there and she is just raging angry. And Andrew's like, what the hell is going on? And Colleen's like, your mother wants to get rid of Aaron Rodgers with Tom Brady. And Andrew looked at his mother and goes, Mom, you are damn lucky I do not have my taser on me right about now because if I had my taser, Mama, I would taser your ass for saying something stupid like that. Come on, Colleen, let's go. Mama, watch the baby. And so those two storm off and they do whatever for a couple days. And so now we're at Mother's Day, right? That whole incident, Miss Peterson, and she's like, okay, I'm just going to let that thing go and pray to God that they don't bring up Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's ass anymore. I just pray, sweet baby Jesus, Please, my son and his dopey girlfriend are just, they're creepy and they're weird and they're stupid as hell. Please, just, I just want a nice, peaceful Mother's Day. That's all I ask, sweet baby Jesus. Please, 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 sweet baby Jesus, right? So she gets up for Mother's Day and, of course, no flowers, no breakfast, no nothing, right? No card, nothing. Those two idiots in her house don't even know it's Mother's Day and Colleen is a mother herself. That's how stupid she is, right? And no woman who is a mother forgets Mother's Day. Trust me on that one. And thank God that Mama Frost is not listening to this podcast because my ass would be in a lot of trouble right about now. But these two, no card, breakfast, flowers, nothing, right? And so they are just kind of being dopes and, you know, making a mess in the kitchen that poor Miss Peterson has to clean up. And, and the kid's still in front of the TV, still watching some of that My Little Pony, right? He is going to be a damn good Nazi white supremacist hiding about, lurking in the shadows. One of these days, right? But he still has a couple thousand hours of My Little Pony to go. So these two are just hanging out and they decide, man, let's go out and do something for ourselves, right? Let's just go out. It's a kind of a nice day out here in Wisconsin. I mean, it's just Lone Rock, a nice little village outside of Madison, right? But let's go out and do something. So Colleen's getting ready to go, right? She's got herself all dressed up. She's got her hair jacked to Jesus. She got her cheap purse. Kids in front of the TV still. She's just waiting on Andrew and Andrew's nowhere around. And she's looking over at Miss Peterson going, I am going to clock that beep if she opens her mouth about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady again. I'm going to clock her again. 
But Miss Peterson is smart. She just cleans up the mess in the kitchen that they left for her. That was her Mother's Day present. A big old mess in the kitchen. She keeps her mouth closed. And so Andrew, again, comes running up the basement stairs, flings open the door, comes in the kitchen. Mama, mama, mama. And Miss Peterson's like, oh my God, what the hell? What, 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 dear? What's going on? Mama, I can't find my phone. I can't find my cell phone. Well, dear, where did you leave it? That's what every parent asks, right? Where did you leave it? Mama, if I knew where I left it, I wouldn't be asking you, would I? You dumb beep, right? And so she's like, well, son, I mean, it's got to be around here somewhere. I mean, is it in the basement? No, mama, it ain't in the basement. Are you sure? Is it with your sex doll? Mama, I ain't got a sex doll downstairs. Would you shut up about that right now? And Colleen's like, what sex doll? Nothing, nothing. My mama's stupid. She don't know what she's talking about. Mama, I need my phone. Well, son, I'm sure it's around here somewhere. Did you check in your bedroom? I don't know. Well, why don't you go check in the bedroom? Well, okay, but can you check too? Okay, I'll go look downstairs. Don't you go downstairs, Mama. You stay away from Lucille. Colleen's like, who the hell's Lucille? Nobody. Shut up. Beep. So Andrew goes into his room. Miss Peterson, bless her heart, she's not allowed to go downstairs. So she goes in the living room, and the kid's still sitting there watching My Little Pony becoming a great little Nazi. And she's like lifting up the seat cushions, and she's just... She's just tearing around. She knows the damn phone's not around there. She knows that damn phone is down there with that sex doll, but she is not going to open up her mouth about that sex doll again. <laughs> because Colleen, as dumb as she is, folks, she is starting to get wise that there is a sex doll down in that basement, right? So she is like, well, I guess it's not in the damn living room. She goes to the dining room. Nope, not in the dining room. Goes in the kitchen. Well, I just cleaned this damn mess up, so nope, it ain't in here. She looks down the hall. Andrew, have you found your phone yet? Mama, if you think I found my phone, don't you think I'd be in there already? You dumb beep. So Miss Peterson's like, my boy, he's pretty stupid. Probably going to take him another 15 minutes to look in there. So I am going to go downstairs in that basement. I'm going to get that damn phone off that sex doll. And I'm going to bring it back up here. And I am going to get rid of these two for at least a couple hours. That is my Mother's Day present to myself. I got a nice new clean kitchen. And I'm going to have some peace and quiet. Even if that little boy is in there watching My Little Pony becoming a Nazi. That's not my problem today. It'll be my problem in a couple years. So she sneaks away. She goes down to the basement. There's a sex doll looking creepy. Because let's face it, folks, that sex doll is way overused, right? So sure enough, there's the phone on the floor by the sex doll. This is a very difficult decision for Miss Peterson to make because the last thing she wants to do is to touch that cell phone after it's been with that sex doll and her son. <laughs> because God knows what a black light would show. And folks, I am not being racist by saying that. So you idiots out there, calm down, slow your roll. There is a thing called a black light and it has nothing to do with being racist, right? You know how the woke folk out there, they hear the word black and they just get so triggered so quickly. Anyway, she is terrified to touch that phone, but she's like, man, I just want these two idiots out and I will scrub my hands for three hours. I will bleach the hell out of them. I just want this done. She picks up that nasty phone and it's a little sticky and she's like, ah, gross. But she runs upstairs and she darts into the living room and she's like, son, I found your phone. And he comes out, where, where, where's my phone? She goes, here it is. And he's like, where'd you find it? I found it on the sofa. Well, I haven't been in here. Well, son, it was on the sofa. Mama, I think you were lying to me. No, son, I'm not lying to you. It was on the sofa. Mama, I think you're lying to me. I think you're a lying beep. No, son, seriously, seriously. Here's your phone. Take your phone. You kids have fun. I'll see you in a bit. Mama, I think you're lying to me. I think you went down to my basement, and I think you talked to my sex doll. What did she tell you? Colleen's like, what's this about a sex doll again? Nothing. Shut up, you beep. Mama, what did you say to her? I didn't say anything. What did you say to her, Mama? I didn't say a word to your sex doll, I promise you. Colleen's like, there's a sex doll in this house? Shut up, beep. Mama. I'm giving you one more chance. What did she tell you? She told me that you were a very good lover, son. That lion, beep, 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 cursing about that sex doll, right? Son, she said you're great. 
No, she's lying. She tells me I have a small wee-wee. Colleen's like, I'll agree with that. Andrew's like, shut up, beep, right? So Andrew's just flustered. He's embarrassed. Everyone in the house, his girlfriend, the sex doll, his mother, that little kid that's about to become a Nazi, they all know he's got a small wee-wee. And he is enraged, folks. He is so enraged. He is about as angry as a man in Florida, pissed off because someone thinks that Tom Brady's ass looks better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform than it does in a New England Patriots uniform, right? That's how angry this guy is. So he is like, I'm going to shut my stupid mother because she has ruined everything for me. So he takes out his taser and goes, Ma, you earned this. Beep. And he zaps her. And he gets her good. She's like trembling. And she just, boom, hits the floor. Mama is down for the count. He's like, come on, Colleen. Let's get the hell out of here. Hey, Junior, you can be a Nazi another day. Kid's like, but I want to watch My Little Pony. No, get over here right now or I'm going to tase you too. Kid comes over and they leave. So mama comes to her senses a little bit later, right? We're still on Mother's Day, folks. She's like, ah, oh, what the hell? What the, oh, oh. And so she's like, that little bastard tased me. I am not putting up with it. I have put up with a lot of crap from that kid over the years. I have put up with him and doing weird crap in that basement. That basement stinks and it is just foul and nasty. And I've put up with that and I put up with all those dopey stuff. I put up with that dopey girlfriend of his and that little junior Nazi in my house and all the crap and all the mess and all this stuff. But I am not going to be tased by that brat in this house. So she picks up the phone, folks, and she calls the popo. Popo come over and they're like, ma'am, what's going on? You look like you got tased. She's like, yeah, I did. My stupid son tased me. And they're like, why would he do something like that? Because he couldn't find his phone and I helped him find it and he got mad at me. Well, why would he get mad at you about that? Because the phone was by his nasty sex doll and he got mad that me and the sex doll were talking about what a small wee-wee he has. Police are like, okay, well, this is Wisconsin. It's not Florida, but we're, we're pretty close there. Uh, okay, we can live with that. Fine. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. And she's like, oh, one more thing. Yes. His girlfriend... She punched me in the face. Like, no, the girlfriend punched you? Why would she do that? She punched me in the face, officer, because she thought that I wanted Tom Brady to replace Aaron Rodgers. And the police officer's like, well, ma'am, this is Wisconsin. I can understand why she would punch you. I mean, it's not the right thing to do. I might have given you a hearty slap, but yeah, punching you over that, that might be a bridge too far. We'll take care of both of them. Don't you worry about that. So off the pup we'll go. So, of course, now the police are out to find Andrew Peterson and his girlfriend, Colleen Parker, right? They are out there. They are now on the police radar. So the first place the police go to find these devious criminals, they go to Walmart, right? (laughs) That is where they probably were. But, yeah, they find Andrew Peterson and they find Colleen Parker and they find the little Nazi kid. And they're like, hey, you two, stop. And Andrew and Colleen, they're too dumb, right? They don't even remember what the hell happened 10 minutes ago, right? So they stop, and the police comes up to him and says, you, Andrew. And Andrew's like, yeah, that's my name. You tase your mother? Andrew's like, uh, uh. And he's not evading, folks. He's just really dumb. I mean, he is as dumb as a box of rocks. And look, box of rocks, I really owe you two apologies for that. So please, 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 please forgive me for comparing you to Andrew Peterson. Right. But anyway, the kid is just stupid. So he really can't remember in his defense. He can't remember. Right. So he's a and then Colleen, who let's face it, folks, she's still dumb, too, but she's probably a little smarter than him. She's like, remember when you taped your mother over the sex doll thing? Sex doll said you had a little wee wee and your mom was talking about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I tased that beep and she deserved it. Police like you did tase her. Yes. Yeah. She talked to my sex doll and Colleen being as dumb as she is. She's like, what sex doll? Forgetting completely, folks, that she literally was just talking about it, right? 
But of course, Andrew's not going to answer that question, right? So he's like, yeah, I tased her. I tased that beep. She deserved it. Police like, okay, over a phone. You did that. Yes, yes, I did that. And then Colleen, remember how dumb she is, folks, right? She's not as dumb as Andrew, but she's pretty dumb. Colleen's like, oh, yeah, and I sucker punched that beep a couple days before because she was talking bad about Aaron Rodgers. She wanted to get rid of Aaron Rodgers for Tom Brady, so I popped that beep in the face. Police are like, man, I love it when they confess like that. Mr. Peterson, you are under arrest for battery, disorderly conduct, possession of an electric weapon, and bail jumping because, son, I just ran your record. And guess what? You're wanted for something else. And you, ma'am, Miss Parker, you are arrested for battery and disorderly conduct. So, white boy Malcolm X, did I get that right? Mostly. That's about all you give me. <laughs> you could give me dead on. I mean, that, folks, that is a pretty good, in my estimation, right? I could theoretically be wrong, right? But in my estimation, this is how I see this all unfolding, this tragic tale of Miss Peterson, her feckless son, Andrew Peterson, who probably would make a really good mayor of Portland, Oregon, but I digress, his dopey girlfriend, Colleen Parker, and that poor little up-and-coming Nazi kid. That is how I imagine that story. So I am going to go with my version of the story since the smoking gun, unfortunately, folks, did not give us the full details. And on that note, since I cannot top this half-wit idiot, Gen Z kid living at home with his mama and his stupid girlfriend, his up-and-coming Nazi kid, since I cannot top that trio of hot messes, that train wreck parade of human trash, since I cannot top them, it is time, folks, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for coming by this Wednesday midweek podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am, of course, Miller Frost, your host, joined as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend. Remember, we are not here on Sunday, so enjoy our best of smoking gun stories. I'm going to try to be here on Wednesday, but like I said, my COVID shot is on next Tuesday, so probably down for the count. But if I am not here, we will have another best of probably the woke folk. Tons of that, tons of that around for us to use. So have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend, and we will see you back here when we see you. In the meantime, take care. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.